is back. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 Since we are the best and you agree with me, right? No need to debate. Hey world, it's your girl, Drea here. Long E, coming in with that new year, new fan fact of heat, but same me. Bringing you that sports spice, all natural fact, no added ingredients or preservatives. So we're tapping in for our first episode of 2021. And of course, I'm here with your favorite fan fact of five. However, we are missing our main guy, Cy. He'll have to keep his heat to the group text this week. Um, but anyways, fellas, say hello to the people. Derek. What's going on, everybody? Happy New Year. Looking forward to 2021 and um, ready to get into this, this this warrior talk. Let's get it, Dub Nation and Tony. How you doing out here in San Francisco, Cy? Missing you. We know you got your toolbox, making more facts, making it happen. But uh, it's all fog, no smog. I'm ready to get into some Dubs talk too. Let's get it. And Mike, how you feeling? All Dubs is how I'm feeling, and you know how we do it. It's sports game for free. You better get you some. <laughs> and you know what, y'all? I'll go out on a limb and say Warriors basketball is going to be fun again this season. If the fans, like I said, including some of our fan factives, if y'all would just let this dynasty breathe and go through the ebbs and flows, this could be a very fun season to watch. But let's be honest. If Curry didn't have that 62-point game against the Blazers, given all that Dame time trash talk, and... If the young rookie Wiseman wasn't out there balling like a grown-ass man, the bright spots would be far and few in between. So if you haven't guessed it already, we're all dubs talk on today's Fan Factive 5 episode. We're going to get into the new look and feel of the Warriors' current starting five. And of course, we got to get into rookie watch, especially all the promise we're seeing with Wiseman. So enough of me talking. Let's get straight into it. You know, the spotlight is on Kerr and what he can do with this new Warriors franchise. It's looking a lot different these days, sprinkled in with some of our favorites. Curry, Draymond, Wiggins, Oubre, and Wiseman. So Derek, starting with you, give us your take on the current starting five. What are you liking? What are you seeing? And where do you think there could be some interesting adjustments to be made this season? So as far as the starting five goes, right now, I, I like it. I actually like it a lot. And I think that what we have seen is the importance of Draymond Green. And, Mike, I know you don't like to hear this, but <laughs> I'm going to start right there, though, uh, with, with the boy Draymond. So I think what we've seen is when you look at the first few games of the season, you know, naturally there was, you know, there, there's still an adjustment period right now. But ever since Draymond has been back in the lineup, I, I think we've seen more. And even now that he's been back for a few games, from game one that he appeared in up until now, you're starting to see where, you know, the, the starting five is kind of starting to get the feel for each other with the spacing, where they're supposed to be. So right. I definitely, I'm, I'm with the starting five. You know, I think one thing that could potentially happen is as good as Wiseman has looked, and we will get into that obviously a lot more later. But I could also see 
the Warriors potentially going to a lineup of maybe putting Draymond at the five and then starting Eric Paschal. And I know listening to 95-7, the game this week, there had been a lot of talk, you know, with the comments that Kerr made and just different things happening. Uh, I think Kalena had also said it on the broadcast that with Marquise Chris going down, it kind of really, you know, solidified Eric Pascal's role. And he can really get comfortable in that role with the second unit. However, as the season goes on, I would not be surprised to see that tweak where there could be some games where Draymond is starting at the five, they're starting Pascal at the four. But as far as Steph Wiggins and Oubre go, I like it. And I know that Oubre has had his struggles so far this season. I mean, new city, new teammates, not really much preseason. I think it's just going to take some time. You know, as the, the games go on, he's going to continue to build confidence. And so I can admittedly say, as we were talking on our last episode, I know it seemed like I was hopping on size bandwagon and it was not my intention to, you know, it, it was not my intention to bash Curry or try to demean him. But whenever someone makes a good point, I definitely want to give them their props. And, and I think that what we had seen though is Clay's importance to Steph and the team. But these past few games have looked really promising. And I'm excited to, to see us get further into the future. And I like the starting five. Thank you. Thank you for giving Steph some time to adjust to the season, Derek. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Y'all know I had to, to come with some nice talking. So, <laughs> and, and Mike, what's your thought on the starting five? Derek brought something interesting up in terms of the impact of, of Draymond Green and what we're seeing, what he brings to the team. And I will say Dame and the Blazers are looking too because there's some talks about wanting to bring Draymond to Portland, but that might be a whole nother conversation. But Mike, let us in on how you're thinking about the starting five. Yeah, um, Derek brought up some very interesting and great points about, you know, Draymond Green being the, the turn, the, the thing that kind of stirs the butter, the thing that gets everything going, that gets Curry going, that gets the offense going. So I can't deny or disagree we all know, if you've been listening, and the fan factors know my stance on Draymond Green. I love him. I love him as a person. I believe he is the epitome of what, you know, Golden State Warrior actual Bay Area life is like. He's embodies kind of Bay Area living. He seems like he would have been from the Bay Area. Um, so he has that attitude. So I love Draymond. It's just that he's declined as a player, and his stats have declined. And his games played have all declined in the last five seasons. Now we see him come back motivated this year, come back um, ready to go, even though he started a couple of games, you know, injured. He comes back. He's got COVID also, so he's had to deal with that too. Um, looked a little shaky in the first game. The second game, though, just what Derek was talking about, looked like the point guard, you know, looked like the person that the Warriors needed to get this high-powered offense going, even with different pieces, he's able to access, compute, and get everybody in the right situations and make everybody successful. So Draymond Green has looked good in certain games, I must say. Uh, two of the games, um, he has looked very good, even without even scoring. I, I, one game, he had zero points and was like a plus 12 or plus 16. I mean, and that's just impact. If you know if you play two-on-two -two basketball or five-on-five -five anywhere, if the guy is a good scorer, if he scores five or 10 points and you're going to 16, but you always lose, you know, 
yeah, he can score, but you're not winning the game. So it even shows that with him not scoring, that the impact he has, that when he's on the floor, we're outscoring teams, at least in that game, by double digits. But he's been good, but there hasn't been, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's only been eight games. You know, it's not even a tenth of the season gone. So let's, you know, pump the brakes with Draymond. Yeah, we don't know which way he's going yet. And if you ask me, unfortunately, it has been on the decline. So I would think it would be on the decline. The starting five, though, has looked much better than what I thought they would have looked. Curry um, is dispelling all the myths that are stating that he can't do it by himself. He needs Clay. Now, we see the importance of Clay, and we see what he means to the team as far as being able to get Curry more shots, get him more open, and there's not so much focus um, on Curry as we could see last night with double teams and Patrick Beverly pretty much locking Curry down. And with the Clay, it would have been much harder to play those particular type of defenses. But Curry with 30 points already averaging five rebounds, six assists, I mean, this guy can carry your team. He can be an MVP just by himself. He can do what needs to be done. He is clutch. Steph is still the babyface assassin. I mean, actually, he may be more of, you know, an older face assassin, but <laughs> he is still getting it done even in, at, his, at his elder and wiser age. Um, 30 points a game is phenomenal. Uh, Wiggins has shown me a lot, too. I mean, is there a dog in Wiggins? I'm not sure, but what I'm seeing so far is that he's not playing. It's a different system. There's a different mindset. There's different coaching. And there's different people in his ear that he's looking much different than he's ever looked, whether it been high school, college, and now a couple of years in the pros, always being somebody that you couldn't really depend on. He has potential, but he hasn't reached it. What I've seen was somebody that is not scared is the dog, when especially on the second unit. He's looking for a shot. He's not scared of a Kawhi Leonard that he stood his ground all game against Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has 21 points and was a plus 12, so he impacted the game. But he could have had 35 or 36 on somebody else. Wiggins was really out there playing D. Him and the combination of Oubre are really good. But what I see, and, and Wiseman is a really uh, is phenomenal, Tony. I mean, Wiseman is it, something to be seen as far as how much he has developed already in only eight games. But the real obstacle that I see as far as improvements is what we may do with Kelly Oubre. He just seems like a person that's kind of out of pocket with the offense so far and with how the, the salary cap is, is kind of set up. He's only going to be with us probably for one year. So I know he's looking like in a contract year, but he doesn't seem like he fits in the offense. So, I mean, what I see is that may be one of the things that needs to be mixed up. You know, uh, maybe K Kelly Oubre may should come off the bench. Um, but he's not working in the starting five. I think if there was someone else, I'm not sure if Pascal would be somebody, Tony, uh, because he plays good in, as the five on the second team. But I've seen nothing but, but good starting five thing, except for Oubre. Mm, so Oubre, the jury's still out on Oubre, what he can do for Dub Nation. And Tony, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are, you, what are you seeing? You've been an interesting fan to get to know this year. <laughs> well, you know what? It's still early in the season, right? So, uh, without oh, saying that, okay. so without saying that I'm an overreactor, Drea kind of alluded that I'm an overreactor. So, if, if anybody's able to look at the group text, yeah, I'm like on the cliff, and then I jump off the cliff, but then I somehow reel <laughs> back. Tony, back up! Like, don't jump, Tony. We exactly. got you. <laughs> but you know what? Go ahead and jump, but we'll see you down there with your parachute. So at least you're gonna be safe when you make it down there, right? Um, let's get to the starting five. Like I said, it's still early in the season, but I've kind of liked what I've seen. Um, 
and I, I may have had some comments here and there, the importance of Clay uh, in terms of the success of Curry and how that impacts him throughout the length of the season. And I still believe that. I still believe, you know, he is somebody that can carry you at times, but it's tough to carry you throughout a season when you're expecting somebody to average more than 30 a game or even every now and then pop you with 62. It's just, it's a tough ask at the end of the day. It's a lot on your shoulders. And um, for the folks that say, well, he, you know, if you can get the balls out of, ball out of his hands and maybe get him to move around a little bit, imagine running around and running through screens like he does the wear and tear on his legs in the long run there. Uh, but let's really dive into this five. I, I kind of agree with Mike in that sentiment that Kelly Oubre at times has sort of looked like, did, does he really belong in the starting lineup? Should he be coming off the bench? And with him starting the season for 0-17 behind the arc or whatever that was, I think that got into his head. I saw him double pumping and, second guessing himself when he was wide open behind the arc and that just really gets to your head it's like I've been messing this up so long am I gonna mess up the next one I think he's starting to find his rhythm but one positive that I'll say about Kelly Oubre is he's always ready to defend I like his length I love his athleticism I love the dude's energy he comes to play every single night that's probably one area I would probably look to to explore maybe you test that a little bit Maybe you, you throw Jordan Poole in there. Maybe Jordan Poole's more effective with the starters. Um, somebody who's young, instead of having him come off the bench, uh, maybe have Jordan Poole get his rhythm early. Maybe that affects him a little differently. But again, that's something Kerr can look at and maybe play with. I got to say, I love the way Wiggins has come to play, his aggressiveness. Um, he's shown his athleticism, right? We knew he had it. Uh, but he's, he's shown that he's got a little bit more dog in him. And I think the situation of Draymond Green coming back really affecting the situation. Tell me another man in the league that comes in and averages two and a half points a game, (laughs) but affects the game in the way he does in such a pivotal way, right? Draymond Green is the heartbeat of the team. He's the one that's lighting the fire under everybody. And I think he's starting to light that fire under Andrew Wiggins. He's getting it in his chest at practice like, dog, you got this. You need to show everybody in this league who you really are. And I really believe Draymond's been the guy behind the scenes pumping Andrew Wiggins up. You can kind of see how that's been showcasing out on the floor. And my God, let's talk about Wiseman. Mm-hmm. The guy, let's, let's just talk about a 19-year-old just being consistent for one. When I was 19 years old, I was sitting in a, in a big econ class not knowing if I was going to stay awake during this lecture or – am I going to take good notes this lecture? Like as a 19 year old, you don't have that consistency. And from what I've seen from him, the dude's been able to come in right away, affect the game with his athleticism, rim run, showed that he's got a nice stroke to shoot the basketball, a beautiful mid range game potential to really improve on that three point shot. But to bring that all together, he defends, he works hard. And he kind of fits into the system and he knows where he's at and he knows where he needs to go next to progress. And like I said, I think he's in the perfect situation being drafted by the Golden State Warriors, being able to work with guys like Draymond. And listen to Draymond the other day where when somebody had asked him uh, post game, what was it that uh, helped you guys defend behind the three point line so much? How are you guys able to stop him like that? And he basically said, you just got to defend. If you're just defending, then, 
it all kind of falls into place. And I think he's given that wisdom, passing that along. He's taking what guys like Bogut take him under his wing, and he's kind of passing that along now. But, I, Mike, I will disagree on one point. You, you got to say Draymond's on the, on the decline versus the incline. I think he's still at his prime because he's never really relied on his athleticism that much. Um, it's more of his knowledge being a, a Mike linebacker. We want to compare it to defense and really instilling that among the team and um, understanding ball movement and understanding flow of the game. I think he's got a couple years of prime left in there to kind of keep this game keep this team afloat but from what I've seen so far I love the starting five you can make minor adjustments but it is what it is we don't have clay and you're just working with the groceries you got all right and then to your point too I think this is also really a, a test a spotlight needs to be on Kerr and his coaching staff you know they inherited a very great collection of players that they were able to get to this level but do they have what it takes to actually solidify themselves in that coaching Hall of Fame um, status. So we will see. So the jury is out on Kerr and his coaching staff as well. But going back to Wiseman, I think what's so impressive is just like his knowledge and just his, how he sees the court, his vision of the court. Like he's able to get into those open spots early and to able to run the lane, to be open for that fast break and for those transition plays. So he's, to everybody's point, he's just super, super impressive. But without a doubt, Dub Nation, you know, we're back at ground zero again, but there's still a lot of promise in the future of this dynasty. We just still gotta believe again. So we're gonna head into a quick break, but when we return, we'll be back with a fan fact of five keys. And this time we're talking about our rookie, our rookie watch for this season. So don't go too far. Curry is the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. Steph Curry has changed the college game. He's eliminated centers. He's the only unanimous MVP. He holds the record for the most wins in a regular season. He also was the soul of the last dynasty in the NBA. behind your back, knock it down, and the bench is loving it. Coming at Chris Paul, takes it out under the basket, and suddenly goes two times behind his back to leave Paul on the ground, and then finishes it off. One, two, Paul goes down. This is pretty good, approaching five to play here on the first. Cutting McGee, right into green. McGee's got his own miss. Tiger spins, stripped of the ball oh, by no. Hey world, Drea here, Long E back with the Fan Fact of Five. We were just talking about the Warriors' new starting five lineup and the heat that Kerr and his staff might now be under. But let's get into our next topic, Rookie Watch. There's a lot to be excited about, especially with Wiseman playing the way that he is. So let's start here in the Bay and work ourselves around the league. Derek, what's on your Rookie Watch this season? Well, starting with James Wiseman, um, I do want to go back to before, actually as the NBA draft was going on and we were all talking, I, I do believe that there were some of us, I won't say by name, but but we're not too hot on James Wiseman. You can and, say my um, name. 
There and, 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 and <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was going to say, and, and, and my boy, the great Raider debater, okay, um, had something to get say about, <laughs> uh, about, about Wiseman, okay, and the fit and what would happen. And I'm going to kind of go out on a limb maybe because I know this is definitely going to be opinion-based when you're only talking about eight games. But right now, the Warriors are sitting at four and four. You know, obviously this is a, a crazy statement, but if the playoffs were to start today, they would be the number four seed. And I don't just think that Wiseman has been a piece. I think he has contributed to the fact that they are four and four right now. And I think he has played beyond expectations. We're talking about a 19-year-old kid who essentially is coming straight out of high school for, for yeah. you know, the most part. You know, did not play in college and the impact that he's had on the floor, looking at his basketball IQ, looking at the things he's been able to do on the defensive side of the ball. Out of the, the big-time rookies this year, he was the first rookie to hit a double-double. Um, he had 12-11 and 11 against Portland uh, in the win against them. He's averaging 11.6 boards, I believe just under two blocks per game. He's getting it done. I think he can score the basketball. I like the way he's played on the defensive end. And to go back and talk about the influence that Draymond could have on him, I think that Wiseman is going to be the beneficiary and the Golden State Warriors are going to be the beneficiary as the years go on. Because, again, going back to the fact this is a 19-year-old kid, he is only going to get bigger and stronger. He is going to be a force. I mean, when, when we look back or, you know, three, four, five years and you look at where he is, you know, this season as to where he's going to be and even just his body, I think the sky is the limit for this kid. And, you know, mm -hmm. I think Warrior fans have a lot to be excited about and they need to really relish in the fact that he's getting the opportunity to play with Mike's boy Draymond because – any night that Draymond steps on the floor, he's probably going to have the highest basketball IQ on the floor. And for a guy to be able to come up around that, be part of a culture that has won championships, multiple championships, a coach that has won six NBA championships and coached to another, I, I don't know how many. We're talking about championship pedigree. Wiseman is going to be a beast, and I think Warrior fans have a lot to be excited about in the future. And, you know, to touch on a couple other of these guys, I think that everybody has been performing good. I mean, obviously, Drea, I know you were big on LaMelo. Mike was big on LaMelo. And you know, aside from the scoreless debut, he has 13 steals this year. That's fourth in the NBA, period. Or, or excuse me, I think that might even be third in the NBA. He's averaging 11 points, five assists, five rebounds. He's played great for them. Anthony Edwards, you know, for, for Minnesota, he has scored in double figures in all but one game. I, I think uh, five out of seven games, he's had 15 points or more. But I'm going to tell you guys, the rookie to watch out for right now is going to be the number 15 draft pick out of North Carolina, Cole Anthony. With Markel Fultz going down with the ACL tear, Cole Anthony is going to have a big opportunity ahead of him. He played 32 minutes last night. I know he only had eight points, but listening to his teammates talk about him, Terrence Ross said he was built for this. 
I'm really excited about Cole Anthony and seeing what he can do for the Orlando Magic this year, given a big opportunity that he is now probably going to step up and play 30-plus minutes a night with the Markel Fultz season-ending injury. And, Tony, I know you've had some thoughts about Wiseman especially, but curious what, what, what's your take on Wiseman and, and his position with Dub Nation and if you've got your eyes on any other rookies like how Derek is keeping his watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to start uh, again here in the Bay Area. I did kind of mention what I thought about James Wiseman in the last segment here, but again, I'm going back to the consistency of like, having a 19-year-old come in and be consistent every single game. Like, I kind of know what I'm going to expect out of him every single game now, uh, scoring 11 points a game, grabbing about six boards a game, but also getting a – 1.6 blocks a game as well. But let's let's zoom out of the Bay Area here and some other watches. Uh, Anthony Edwards, who was drafted right ahead of him, which has similar stats in terms of points. He's scoring about 13.9 points a game, um, struggling a little bit behind the arc, but getting a couple assists a game. I do want to touch on LaMelo Ball because he was picked right after Wiseman. And although, although I know Mike and Drea, you were high on him, I – was kind of bearish on him a little bit in terms of I didn't think he would fit here. And I still don't think he would fit here. I just – it wouldn't be a good situation where he's a little bit more ball dominant. But I will say it's been pretty impressive. Like, if you take the numbers out of it, just his whole overall IQ, the way he passes the basketball, the way he moves, and just his – the wiggle that he has. And he's got – I think he's going to surpass uh, his brother, the other ball, uh, what's his fit? Lonzo, uh, mm-hmm. sometime mm-hmm. in the next season or two. But he's he's scoring about 12 points a game, almost five assists. 12.1 to be exact. 12.1. You know, we don't want to we don't want to stiff you out of that point one. Uh, 1.6 steals, which means he's getting a, a steal and a half a game, um, but also shooting 36% behind the arc. So he's he's shown that he can stay consistent like that in the league. But just overall, his old basketball acumen, his vision on the court. I think it's been pretty pretty impressive. Uh, I'm just waiting at the point where LeVar can get out there and play one-on-one with Michael Jordan so we can finally (laughs) settle that for good. But let's stay out here in Northern California, Valley-ish, but let's let's get out to Sacramento. I think Tyrese Halliburton, again, I think he's going to be the steal of the draft. I may have said something crazy in one of our our pre-draft shows or post post-draft shows where I thought Obi Toppin would be a uh, rookie of the year, but I'm going to table that for now and really talk about Ty Halliburton and what he's been able to bring to the table. And one correlation between the three other rookies that I mentioned, um, again, Tyrese Halliburton scoring in double figures. He's averaging 11.7 points a game, 1.3 steals a game, 4.7 assists. But here's the, the kicker. And, and I got to look at how many threes he's been taking a game, but he's shooting 48% behind the arc, which I find pretty impressive. There's a lot of folks saying out there that he might be the steal of the draft. And I'm thinking it'll look, it's looking like it might be that way. He might be the Kawhi Leonard of this draft. I like Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's a future to build around in Sacramento. Um, but I, I got to talk about one thing real quick. Our man, Cy, when you're listening out there, when you had mentioned maybe comparing Wiseman to Marvin Bagley Jr., the third, if Wiseman becomes Marvin Bagley the third, I'm highly disappointed. <laughs> and I, 
I think we should have took Tyrese Halliburton, LaMelo Ball, or even Obi Toppin at that point. But no, I, I like this rookie draft class. I think we entered into this draft class with a lot of the media coverage talking about how this is one of the weakest drafts hey. in NBA history. And I think, you know what, the noise has gotten to these kids, and they should. And these kids need to go out there, and especially the four that I mentioned, they're showing that it's not a weak draft. We're doing our thing, and we're doing our thing without a training camp, without the normalcy that we would have without a COVID year, and we're showing that we could be successful and play against grown men. And that's something to be, that's something to be said. And I, I'm proud of these guys, for one, but – I hope Wiseman ends up being the best out of this as a Warriors fan, but I like what I'm seeing out of this rookie draft class. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like to your point, I felt like it was definitely underrated and they're coming out. The top three, at least that I know of are coming out uh, pretty strong. Even with, with Anthony Edwards, he's averaging 13.9, almost 14 points, but he's doing that coming off the bench. So you can already imagine like Uh if he gets that starting position, it's, Mm -hmm he's going to be a problem out there. Um, so, so yeah, these, these rookies have been impressive, impressive to, to watch. And, and Mike, what are your thoughts around what you're seeing from these young players coming into the league in this like crazy unprecedented time that is 2020, 2021 season. <laughs> Ooh, 2021 already. No, right. <clears throat> a lot of maturity, a lot of maturity is what I've seen so far, um, which I expected out of LaMelo Ball being, you know, overseas, playing in the league with grown men. And that was one of the things. (laughs) What was that? It wasn't like he was twiddling his thumbs watching his brother and his dad. No, no, he took his career in his hands. And he went and played overseas and got even more experience being able to play with stronger, bigger men. You know, um, whether they're as talented, you know, that's to be seen. But we know that there's talent over there to the point that he can translate his game over to the NBA realm. So that's why I was high on him in the beginning. And he had showed me, you know, everything uh, that I expected from him, even though he, you know, 12 points is actually pretty good for a rookie season with five assists and five rebounds, 41% from um, field goal when he's shooting 35% from three. He'll get better. Those numbers will get better as the season goes on. He's getting all the players and all his teammates involved very early, looking very flashy, uh, Magic Johnson-esque, really, when you look at it, you know. So, I see that he's been, you know, a bright star and something that has looked good. But the top three, like everyone stated before, um, Anthony Ed- Edwards, coming off the bench, 25 minutes. I'm almost getting more minutes than, you know, D'Angelo Russell. And he's actually been the void while Cat's been injured. So he's been picking it up and picking up the slack and looking like he will be the franchise player for years to come, you know. So I've liked everything, but just like everyone else, Wiseman has really impressed me. I wasn't as high on Wiseman as I was on LaMelo Ball for the Warriors because I believe that the Warriors are in need of a combo guard, someone that can actually take the point guard duties away from Draymond Green. I mean, let's get it all straight. Draymond Green is not actually the point forward on the team. He's actually the point guard because Steph Curry has that position under his title, but he's not – he's actually a de facto – Uh, shooting guard on the team he really doesn't bring the ball up or he's one of the many people on the team that can bring the ball up but he's not really what you would say as the primary ball handler as Curry as Draymond is and that's who he is but we all know that Draymond it does just doesn't have the skill set to be a all-time point guard so the combo guard was where LaMelo Ball would have made 
his, you know, his earnings and he made his name and his flash with the Warriors. But this kid Wiseman, he looks like the next Chris Bosh 2.0. And if people don't remember with Chris Bosh, I mean, this guy was dynamic and in, in, um, in Toronto. And when he came over to with LeBron and D Wade with the heat, he played the third wheel, but he was more influential going into like those last couple of seasons that when LeBron left, they gave the money to Chris Bosh. You know, he had that blood clot situation that ended up ending his career, but D Wade was, you know, the Miami heat that whole time and had pulled and, and brought the Miami heat to success. And the person that they gave all the money to was Chris Bosh because they seen the potential was there with Chris Bosh and his skill set and what he was doing. I see the same thing with Wiseman right now. That's why he's really like impressed me and made me kind of eat my words and what I thought about him at first. I mean, he's really well managed and mature already. He knows when to kind of take a shot. He makes a couple of bad decisions and he is someone that will foul a lot, which has become a problem early on with him. He can't stay in the game long enough. So he would be able to get really more points because he looks like a mismatch problem um, for anybody that's guarding him. You know, he, he even veterans and 10 year, you know, vets in the league are having problems with James Wiseman because how fast he is, how he runs, how he can jump. If you get it to him in the right spot, he's going to dunk it and he can shoot the three. I mean, 41% from three point land. I mean, so this guy is deadly, but we still don't know yet, you know, so we still don't know where we're at as far as which one is better because Lamalo Ball, I believe that if he was on the team, hey, no telling what it would look like as far as how the ball would be able to get situated and around to everybody and it wouldn't get stagnated um, like it kind of did with the Clippers and Patrick Beverly being able to kind of take a step out the game and then the ball not moving the way it was supposed to move. But Wiseman has been great so far, better than expected, I would say. He's getting nothing but better. Uh, LaMelo Ball has been great also, so I'm still on the fence on which one uh, would have been best for the Warriors. I believe that right now the Warriors have made the right decision, but we'll see. Maybe we can get Lonzo Ball, you know, in that DPE uh, situation. He'll come over and he'll be the combo guard, um, but also Anthony Edwards. So the top three have been really good, really outstanding so far for their uh, respective teams. And before we wrap up here, I'm going to ask each of you a question. Same question, and I want you guys to give your answer. So the last three players to win Rookie of the Year, 2018, Ben Simmons from 76ers, 2019, your favorite, Luca from the Mavericks. Not my favorite, y'all favorite. And then last either. year, <laughs> and then last year it was Ja who came in as the rookie of the year. So if you had to pick, Tony, that was your guy. You picked, that was your guy. So if you had to pick, who would, this early on in the season, I know it's early, but who was your 2021 rookie of the year? Derek, who would you pick? Well, I know it's going to sound biased, but I, I have to go James Wiseman. I think even with all the great things that were just said about Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, in my opinion, James Wiseman has had the biggest impact so far for his team. And I think that as the season continues and he grows more and figures out more his role and figures out the NBA, uh, he could be a big-time player down the stretch for the dub. So I'm, I'm going to have to go with James Wiseman. And, Mike, who are you picking as your 2021 20, Rookie of the Year? 
Uh, I like Wiseman's development. I like what he has done with the team. Uh, I like how he fits in with the team. But I got to go with LaMelo Ball. Um, what I see with Wiseman is that with Draymond becoming back and coming back into the starting lineup, that actually will probably take away from Wiseman. He might eventually uh, start seeing the bench. So he is actually – his um, minutes have declined since Draymond has been inserted back into the lineup. He hasn't played much in the fourth quarter. Um, these are all rookie walls and rookie things that will happen, especially with a championship team. So I see him kind of, you know, learning and getting the bumps and bruises early and possibly losing uh, time, which then would lead LaMelo Ball to having more time because I believe he is pretty much the star on the team. He's what makes the team go and will put the team in the playoffs. He'll be able to uh, progress better. He'll be able to be uh, more of a superstar where Wiseman is playing with a bunch of championship superstars and superstar pedigree um, where he'll have to learn a lot, a lot more. Tyrese Halliburton is, is pretty good, but I think he plays in a really bunched up situation in Sacramento uh, with De'Aaron Fox and Bagley. Don't know what's going on with him, Harrison Barnes. Uh, so that, that's a bunched up situation for him to kind of get off and score what he needs to score. Anthony Edwards is, is good. But if I had to see as far as the potential because of, he is the star on the team. There's nobody really else. It would have to be LaBella Ball for me. And Tony, what's your thoughts on Rookie of the Year? I know y'all are thinking I'm probably going Wiseman because the, the stars are bright right there. Um, but again, I've, I'm actually going to agree with Mike because Wiseman's playing about 21 minutes a game. I think with this coaching staff, they're going to develop him and they're going to bring him along a little bit slower than they would normally. So I'm going LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo Ball has the best opportunity. And when I mean opportunity, I mean he's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. He's going to be able to affect the, affect the team on a daily basis a little bit more. And he plays about three more minutes a game. Um, but I think just by the, the sheer thought of, you know, this guy's going to be bringing the ball up the court and he's going to have the flashier plays of shooting a deep three or or – because the long ball is a chick's dig the long ball right now, I guess, right? Or just the sexy pass down down the middle or the no look. I think that's going to play in to how the media judges it and how they ultimately go with the vote. But I think he just has, again, he just has more opportunity. Uh, the Hornets are not in the same situation as the Warriors, and it allows LaMelo to have the ball in his hands more. So, yeah. So there you have it, we, we made our rookie of the year calls early. And as much as I love Wiseman, I'm going to say Wiseman does run rookie of the year. So we got to, hey! you know, I, I, you know, I, I love me some LaMelo. LaMelo is an all-star. He is a star in the making, but just Wiseman, what he's done early on, I think um, really speaks to, to him and him being in the ranks of all of the rookie of the years that we've seen. Um, in the past few years as well. That's what I'm talking about, Drea. And I've always held your, your basketball knowledge in high regard. So I don't know what these two cats are talking about right now. Uh, I got a bonus but, for y'all, though. Does, does LiAngelo Ball make the league and play this season? Yes. Oh, I would say uh, no. But didn't he just get signed to a G League team? He did. Yeah, he, he was on the Pistons. They ended up cutting him. So I think he's on he's on the scrap heap right now. Look, if I'm the Warriors, he looks like that type of player that can that can shoot the mid-range and somebody who would go in and grab rebounds and stick his nose and bring his lunch pail. He looks like a worker to me. Hmm. Yeah, we already got a lot of those though. I mean, if you look at it, uh, <laughs> day TA is the better uh Lagello. <laughs> so I'll take day TA over. Lagello. 
<laughs> oh, JTA is not going anywhere. I mean, and 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 he's town business. So um, JTA, yeah, he he's he's gonna be around. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Leangelo did. He did sign with the G League. I, I thought, but um, there's some promise there still. With all three yeah, brothers playing in the league. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good story. Obviously, I will agree with this. I think Lamelo has the the highest ceiling. Yeah. out of all of them but um as far as rookie of the year goes i just i i, I see wiseman but um, i guess we'll just have to to wait it out and see how things go wait it out we only in week three of the nba season so there's a lot of games left to to go so to close us out here i just gotta say dub nation let this season breathe and don't stop believing of course, got to thank the fellas for jumping on today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We're back to bringing you that Fan Factive 5 Heat Weekly. So make sure you're following us on all your social medias. And to quote our main guy, Mike, don't forget to get you some more various sports talk. Did I do that right, Mike? Oh, yeah, you got you, sir. Okay, good. <laughs> More Perry Sports Talk wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, and we'll catch y'all next time. Bye. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Just a city boy. And raised himself to trust. He took the midnight train going anywhere. A singer in a smoke Share